but we're on Zoom this time because we have an international guest in the building. Bro, say what going to the people, bro. What up, y'all? What up, Killy Podcast? Thank y'all for having me on, man. I'm stoked. Yeah, bless. Like, we were just talking about, like, how you even, like, popped up on my radar because, obviously, I'm in London. You're in Vancouver, right? Yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, no, I was just looking at, well, loads of different kind of freestyle type stuff because on my TikTok, I'm shit at it. The only thing that I get views on is, like, clipping up other people's freestyles, basically. Mm. Uh, you basically came up on one of these, like, uh, I think it was two tens by Corday and, uh, you know, and, uh, yeah, no, you were spitting some heat on that one and you kind of do a lot of that kind of stuff. So why did you even start doing that kind of stuff? The sort of boost um, like the freestyles and stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, my manager, she's always like, you need to rap more. You need to rap more. And, and yeah, cause you know, you're like a more R and B type of vibe kind of thing. Right. A little, a little bit, yeah. I like to mix like, I'm up. I'm sure you get like Korean like, comparisons and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I like to mix up the singing kind of popular vibes and whatnot, but yeah. rapping is like my true strength. So I just kind of wanted to start to show that more with social media, making like content more accessible and stuff. I just yeah. really wanted to show that like that's how I started, and you know what I mean. I really have that like foundation. So I figured why not start doing like the challenges and like yeah. the if I was on, you know. So trying to keep yeah. the content coming yeah man because then i guess you can show your versatility right because you do the singing and you do the rapping so you know and you want to separate yourself from people like drake as well and i feel like you can do that with the sort of uh freestyle type of stuff because then you can show your personality through that you know what i mean but right, yeah right. um so when did you start this whole music thing man like what was the background like why did you get into it in the first place um, I was a massive fan of like 50 Cent and G-Unit and pretty much like as soon as I like discovered 50 Cent and G-Unit, it was like next day I was like a rapper type thing. And I was just like, I was always obviously a fan of hip hop and hip hop yeah, culture, yeah. but just seeing that just like really changed things. A lot of people out there, like legendary artists, legendary album. Um, yeah. And I just kind of just started from there, just writing, 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 eventually got serious with it like um, in 2011 um yeah just just started taking it seriously and um starting to you know build up that foundation from there till now in long road right it's like fucking 12 years in the making you start with like right. the black red and yellow remix because obviously you're ripping like vancouver colors and all of that so did you kind of know that you wanted to be a rapper then and were you kind of like putting your eggs in one basket back then or were you kind of like working jobs and stuff like that uh, on the um i had some part-time jobs and whatnot um yeah. during like the like just before i had re released black red yellow um around when i did black red yellow like it, it blew up in the city so i was able to kind of leverage that into like getting paid to do shows yeah doing tours and stuff like that i ended up going uh, on tour with bone thugs later that year um so i just kind of leveraged it from that moment but i, I always did want to be a rapper like that's why i was putting out the content yeah but i didn't expect that song to really like catapult me the way it did you know what i mean yeah because that was like one of your first youtube videos no yeah it was my second video like kind of when youtube was super, super and was fresh. that like ever or did you have like another channel beforehand because we kind of only see like the latest product right so that's right, like right. as far it as like, i could scroll back for example but were you releasing stuff before that on soundcloud or anything like 
not really that I had released um, I'd released like a five song mixtape on SoundCloud. Okay. Um, one of the songs on there I shot a video to and then the black, red, yellow was the second video I shot and like pretty much my second or third release. And then it just kind of took off and kind of gave me like it gave me the the steam to keep on going this song. You know what I mean? I don't know if I would have yeah. had the um, the patience if it like if it if I didn't get a taste of that, you know, because it was really like it really, really blew up locally here. Like so um, that like gave me the motivation to be like, OK, this is crazy. Like I'm getting paid like all of a sudden. Yeah. So, yeah. So were you getting paid through like shows mainly at that point? Or Yeah. Like a lot just of because of the recognition from that song, it kind of like put you in people's eyeline and then you were able to like monetize that. Uh, exactly. Lots of shows, lots of hostings, lots of opening up for other artists. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I started, I actually had some black, red, red, yellow t-shirts. Me and my friend, we, we pieced up, yeah, you know, small, we saw, small, okay. putting in the mall. Yeah, we saw it going viral and we reached out to the local uh, business here in Vancouver, Dip. They're yeah. like a staple, like for hip hop um, yeah. shows, like gear, everything. They're like a super staple. And um, they, re I reached out to them and they were like happy enough to like have the, um, the shirts in their store and they're like high, high traffic, like one of the yeah. you know best hip hop stores ever. So I was able to monetize that way too through um, Black, Red, Yellow. Cause that's the thing, like I'm speaking to obviously UK artists who are like up and coming, like, you know, around my age or even younger. So I'm 26 and these guys are like, you know, in their early twenties and right. uh, you know, they're, they're having to have like full-time jobs alongside this so that they can put the money into the music videos. Like obviously you have like, probably a team who shoots yours right because you've got like the cinematic views you've got like loads of different camera angles like i can see that um so i guess like do you think this catapult was the thing that just kept on going or did you have like a a dip and talk to us about that dip yeah so you know like uh when you're in the dip when you're like kind of struggling financially kind of thing and you're kind of justifying to yourself like is it worth it going on like this with like this kind of audacious dream that does have a long-term payoff or uh were you in a stage where you were like okay maybe i should just work and stuff like that and like on the verge of like letting this I went through like right right i get you um i went through like a, a really tough time after um i had released black red yellows maybe like six to 12 months after that um like i had became like a father and during that time like my ex-girlfriend she had she had passed away. So I was really like torn, um, like mentally and emotionally and stuff like that. So at that time I did take a dip and did kind of take some time off because I wasn't really like thinking clearly and everything was just up in the air. You know, I was kind of hit with fatherhood as like a super young father, like early twenties. Yeah. So I really didn't know if like, it was something I really wanted to fully do, you know? And then I kind of came out of that funk like a couple years later and decided to um, go down to L.A. and just get away from Vancouver and all the energy that was here. And um, I ended up going to school down in L.A. for music production. Yeah. And um, I fell in love with it during that like eight month course and ended up like going back home, stacking up, getting some random jobs, you know. Yeah, selling yeah, yeah. Stuff. What, what kind of jobs were that, man? And then I we think that people are interested in that kind of side of you in it because now you're like obviously you've got some recognition now you've been on tour with Roy Woods one of my favorite artists right like you have right. some like fucking uh Tory Lanes and the game right so people aren't looking at you like that so so tell them about like the little jobs that you had to do to like kind of stack up ready for the next sort of catapult 
Right, right, right. So I came back to Canada after I was in LA and just basically was taking on like whatever I could. You know, I had um, hmm. like I do acting and extra work. So I was like doing film and, and TV. I was helping out on like movie sets. I actually like directed a couple like music videos for other artists and stuff in the city. Just pretty much whatever I could get, even if it was like a job for a week or yeah, whatever the case may be. I just got all my bread together and, and then ended up getting my visa and going down there for like two to three years. The last year was kind of a lot of back and forth between Vancouver and LA. But um, but yeah, I just I just was just determined and I wanted like a change of scenery, you know, because Vancouver is super small and it's not recognized really like in the hip hop industry. So I kind of felt like I mm. had to go somewhere else to kind of like um, make a name know, for yourself, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, just get get a new fresh energy. So I did it like to answer your question. Um, I did kind of have that dip after those personal issues but being yeah. in LA kind of reopened my eyes again like yo this, mm. is, this is insane like I just saw so-and-so like you know you just bump into people I was at like yeah. a, I was at a house party in the hills I yeah. bumped into the dude that produced uh One Dance by Drake SARS super super oh, chill shit. dude got his got his contact yeah just, you know vibing out over the balcony and you start start a conversation with some random dude and it's Drake's producer you know what I mean I was just like you know um that gave me that second wind in that dip that I hit that you were asking about. Yeah, you know, because obviously it's it's uh, it's a tragic dip that you've had to get over because you know you have to get in the mindset of like being a father. Is it a daughter or a son? Like daughter. Right. Yeah. So um, yeah, you have to get in the mindset of like being a father and like raising her. So did you take her with you to um, LA? I didn't. At that time, she was with uh, she was with her grandparents and I was just kind of uh you know I'd see her every few months and stuff like that which was yeah, tough yeah. and that was also part of the reason why I ended up coming back to Vancouver at the end of that just because I wanted to be more involved in like the school you know she was about to start preschool yeah, all that yeah. stuff so I wanted to be more involved and um I felt I got what I needed out of LA saw what I needed to see get that motivation and kind of came back to Vancouver like a new person um I was recording tons. I was recording myself because I went to the production school. So yeah, um, yeah. So you had like an easier way to record, and then obviously you have access to these rappers, so you're able to make those connections, and then sort of like build collaborations for the future. Um, but no, I hear you. Like it's it's a tough situation where you like have this uh, blessing in your life that's also going to be a financial struggle if you don't get out of it somehow most people in that position would have obviously taken the job why do you right. feel like i know you're into music and it's like you're kind of your passion and you always wanted to do it but what do you think was the thing despite the fact that you have like the access and like you were able to make money in different ways in los angeles what do you think is the thing in you that made you actually take that step because um, most people would stay in vancouver and just like work and you know live right, another right. Um, I don't know, man. I was thinking before we got in the podcast, like I've just always had something inside me that just, you know, pushes for more when I was younger. Like yeah. I had a paper route at the age of six, seven, you know, I stacked up like four or five hundred dollars. I just always um I'm just blessed, you know, to be to have something in my mind that just makes me want more and keep and keep going. And also that taste of like early success when I first started, like 
Because um, you knew it was possible. You kind of saw the proof in front of your eyes and you could see that you were able to monetize it before. So why not do it again kind of thing? Exactly, exactly. At that time, like my YouTube channel was like, it was like top 20 in, in, uh, in all of Canada for like a span of time. So it was like, it was hmm. really a big deal at that time. So it was like, man, I just took that energy and just ran. But then I, I ended up, you know, hitting those hard times, but eventually getting through it and being like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get serious with this again and, and give it a second run. Yeah. You think maybe like, because you're in Vancouver and it's kind of like not as popping as other music scenes, do you feel like that kind of helped you to like get that leverage and get that catapult? Because as you say, like, you know, you were like top 20 uh, for music in that uh, area. And obviously, if you're popping in the area, that means that you can then do shows and like club entries and stuff like that, right? So do you think that um, has a part in your success kind of thing? Because the song was so like hyper local, it didn't really yeah. allow me to like branch too, too far out of like Canada and, and Vancouver at the time. Mm. Um, be, like the rest of Canada did jump on uh, like the black, red, yellow bandwagon, we'll call it, because yeah, yeah, yeah. the reason why that song was so popular is because the Vancouver Canucks, they ended up going to the Stanley Cup finals that year. So every round that we okay, won, okay, the cool. songs got bigger and bigger and people would book yeah. it. Oh, we want you to come down to uh, uh, for the after party of the game. and yada, time, yada, huh? So every round, it got crazier and crazier. And um yeah, I just ended up figuring a way to kind of just, you know, like we well, like we said, we uh, figured out a way to monetize it through shirts, shows, and yeah. just kind of like, you know, zoned in at that point. Yeah, man. Uh, why do you think Vancouver is not as popping as a music scene then compared to like others? Like, what do you think it is that's holding them back? Um, Holding you guys back, right? I'll be honest. This is my personal take. I think it's a lack of um, Black culture. You know, mm. black culture obviously is the genre, like black culture started hip hop, you know, and we kind of lack that well, here. Yeah. So, you know, for example, Toronto, they have a strong black culture there. So I feel like the artists have been able to get, uh, you know, to break out of there. They've had, a, you know, they obviously have Drake shining a light as well. But yeah, yeah, I just no. feel like as a black man sometimes out here, like not everybody can relate to my perspective or, um you know that that's my personal opinion i also feel like well i mean if here, obviously if there's less black people there then it's gonna be like received less well compared right. to and i feel who, like, like see themselves in you for example right right it's hard for people to see themselves in me if like you know what i mean and i feel like also canada and vancouver specifically um no offense to the listeners out there i mean the proof is in yeah, the yeah yeah of course. You look it up but it's a follower city the radio doesn't support local music you go to LA they break music you'll hear yeah, something yeah. that's not even out they'll be like tune in tonight at like LA leakers we're playing the new AD or whoever yeah, that, yeah. these are local artists that I'm as big as if you look at their numbers and look what we've done I'm as big as these artists but we don't have those platforms to you know what I mean to to get us to that next level so it's it's really it's really tough you get to a certain point and it's like you know what I mean um yeah. that's kind of why I've been taking the trips down to LA again and Miami and collaborating with like the game and Tori and stuff like that because because now you know how it works right you you've kind of seen it for yourself and I guess like the whole like uh acting gigs really helped you because you were purposeful in your networking you know and I guess that's 100%. what most people don't know about you is that like 
that's probably one of the key drivers. Were you always a kind of person to be able to network with anyone or did you have to kind of like learn that? Like, Definitely still learning. I'm pretty introverted. But you were probably like shell-shocked when you first went to LA, right? Because you were seeing these people for the first time, like, you know, the guy who produced One Dance, right? You met him. So, yeah, how were you able to navigate that? And were you as, like, how were you able to, I guess, push down those feelings of like, oh, shit, it's this guy? in order for you to make the connection organically, right? Because I just saw in my mind as, I just saw myself like on the same level in a way, you know what I mean? Like I just, I just always had that, I just, I still have that belief that like, I'll be like a massive, massive artist. I've, I've hit independent success, obviously, but like mm. there's different levels to it. You know, there's an artist right now we've never heard of, but is a millionaire, you know what I mean? Yeah. Off their own music and they're living amazing. So it's just all about the perspective. But basically I just, I just had that vision and I just felt like I could see myself on that level. So I didn't really like look at it like, oh, oh my God. Like in yeah. a way I did myself. Like when I would go home, be like, "Damn, that's crazy!" Like that dude really yeah. produced one. Yeah, upon dance. reflection, like, you'd be like, "That's that's crazy that I had that conversation." But like in the moment, you're kind of like, you know, I don't want to seem like a guy who's looking up to someone because then they won't give you the respect that that you might deserve, you know? Right, right. Even though um, it's definitely gotta just like, you know? definitely gotta just like keep it humble and just try not in LA like and celebrities especially they they hate when you treat them like a celebrity. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like kind of gotta like put on that poker face like oh like you know it's not that big of a deal or whatever yeah you kind of get more respect from people who are high up like that if you just act like it's not a big deal they're like oh okay cool like i could i could yeah, vibe with yeah. this person they're not gonna fan out and make me you know what i mean yeah exactly i mean if you walk with conviction like people are going to receive you better right they're not going to ask as many questions and stuff like that um, exactly i like that how you treat yourself how you view yourself is how people will view you so what you said is on the money yeah, man, it's a mirror, man. So, you know, if people need to look at themselves in the mirror sometimes, like that's why uh, trauma gets misfired and stuff like that, right? And, you know, that could have easily happened to you. You could have been one of those guys, you know, you could have been vengeful kind of thing. But, um, right. you know, you chose to take a, a route that is easier to get success with, right? Facts, facts. So why why do you feel like you need to sort of talk about like self-development and like being a good father. Cause right now you, you, uh, you know, put your daughter on your Instagram and stuff like that. Like you right. show them, like, you know, you guys are like spending time and stuff and you're prioritizing like gym and stuff like that. Why do you think that's important when you could just be receiving the success by talking about like thick girls and money and stuff like that? Cause you could be doing that. Right, right. I know um, it's kind of trendy to talk about self-development stuff, but I feel like that's kind of what you've always done since, like, back in the day. Yeah, my first project, my first two projects were called Get Money Mind State and yeah. Champagne Dreams. So mm. I've always had that, like, okay, dream, try and live your best life before there was even anything called the podcast, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was like Get Money Mind State, Champagne Dreams, like, celebrate. Mm live your best life you know don't give up keep going get money like it's not it's when i say get money mindset it's not like get money and blow it and be dumb like at that time that's kind of what it was but it, it it developed into a more mature thing where it's like okay like i have a daughter now like i have to have a get money mindset if you don't have a get yeah, money yeah. mindset then your your fridge is empty your gas yeah. tank is empty 
what are you doing? You know what I mean? So um, as much as it is trendy, those things were kind of like pillars in my brand. And then just me kind of looking back, I'm like, okay, I want to redefine these and re kind of like reestablish this is like, this is who I am kind of, you know, through my actions and what I post and stuff to, to give back value on top of just here's music. Like want to try and give the people something else as well, you know? Yeah. And I also feel like, uh, you know, a lot of artists are kind of fake with it. Right. Especially in the LA scene, like you're going to have people who are just going to act friendly to you just for like a collaboration. Right. Like even for you, that would serve your best interest to just act like you're okay with someone. Uh, just right. because they can give you a good feature. Um, do you feel like you kind of like refrain from those people or do you feel like you can suss that out now really easily because you've seen it and like give an example without names, obviously, of like someone right, who's right. fake as shit? Um, there's people that kind of just, you only really hear from when it's like, oh, you're doing a show and they want to like yeah. slide backstage with you or, you know, pull up for the look or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I've seen it and peeped it and it's just like you kind of have to just know how to how to deal with those people and how do you and, do with those people man? Tell, tell them because you know there might be some upcoming rappers listening to this wanting to get collaboration with you and they're trying to take these gems in man so you said who are these people like a lot of upcoming rappers will watch this because like in in the UK scene like that's who we interview mainly right 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 so how would you suss that out and how do you shut that down well how do you deal with um, it I think everybody kind of has that like that that thing in their head that's like their intuition. You kind of just got to go with yeah. your intuition. Like, is this person um, bullshit? You know, you kind of got to like gauge, no, really their, gauge their actions towards you. You know what I mean? And just got to I personally try and have integrity. And I, and it's kind of almost like that real recognized real in a way. It's like, oh, you can yeah. tell like this person has integrity or this person's driven because I see them in the gym five days a week. You know, you yeah, kind of yeah. like, you know, so you kind of have to look at like the subtleties, you know, what are they saying? Are they, you know, are they saying things? Yeah, there was like, like, that actions. Right, right. Then you see you that red, flag, like... red flags. Yeah. Yeah, no, sorry to cut you off there, man. But yeah, I think we were saying kind of the same thing, right? It's like, if you're, you know, again, treating yourself the way that you want to be treated, then you suss out someone who's not doing that. Exactly, exactly, exactly. That intuition, yep. Yeah, man. But like, people who are just trying to come backstage just for the look, do you, do you ever like give them the opportunity just to show them and then like kind of ghost them? Or like, how, how do you deal with it? Because in, if I was ever in that situation, which I'm not going to be because I'm not a rapper, but like I'd be petty with it, you know, I'd just be like, okay, this is, you can see what's going on, but then I'll just, you know what I mean? Never speak right, to right, again right. kind of thing. I mean, I'm kind of like, okay, like, you know, um, for example, like the person is kind of like, you, you, you're going to, you're going to give them that look and kind of let them do that with the understanding that you're going to kind of like want something back from them maybe. And then that's kind of like where it's, transactional friendships which the music industry is kind of like that so you kind of have to understand like yeah not everybody's going to give you that transaction back it's like if i work with someone and say i want to give them a feature it's like i would i would i would expect like if you wanted to feature say you wanted a feature for your album right yeah, yeah, yeah. i would expect that when it comes time to do and we're both popping right you got you know million the same amount of views and stuff like that yeah 
I'm gonna expect if I give you a free feature that when my album's ready to do that, like, come on, bro, like, no, yeah, yeah, reciprocate the like, energy. You, you, know? you gave yeah. me a favor, it makes sense, right? So, yeah, um, there is those tra transactional um, relationships within the music industry, and you just kind of gotta like take it for Except what it, it is, right? you know? Yeah, and and you gotta kind of play the game too sometimes, you know. You, but you just gotta know, like, you can't really be like, oh, this is my bro, and then get all upset when it's like you asked them for something and that relationship was never like that you know it was more like what can you do for me what can i do yeah. for you you know what i mean based on money and business essentially versus like friendship yeah and i guess like you could probably reflect back to yourself in that scenario right because maybe when you were younger you were more like that like okay i need to get stuff out of here because you know i have a family now and shit you know i have to do shit a certain way if if it makes me look bad, if it doesn't make me look bad, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, money mindset, champagne dreams, you know what I mean? So right. uh, you could probably reflect back on yourself and be like, okay, I was moving like that, but now it's kind of like a different path where like it goes alongside my brand and my brand is not my values. Rather than your exactly. brand being something that kind of, you know, looks clean, but that's kind of it, right? Mm-hmm. 100 yeah, like, sorry what was that i was just saying definitely keeping those values like first and foremost you know what i mean yeah man and why do you even get vulnerable because you don't need to really in your position right like why you do said you why do you right yeah yeah why do you because i feel like you do kind of get vulnerable especially on tracks and the freestyles right right, right. um to connect to connect to people it's like I have a lot of music where it's just like we're turning up in the club, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Homies, we're doing this, that, and the third. And yeah. all those songs are true. All my songs are a reflection of, of my life at one point, right? But it's like to someone who might not know me, it might not be in, a, in our inner circle. It might just seem like talk. It might seem like cap. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So to try and like get through all that bullshit that people are, my bad, I don't know if we can swear on here. No, you can't. Edit you can't. That, to get through, to cut through all that, because there's so many artists talking about the same thing, even though my, what I'm talking about is the reflection of my reality. It's like, there, there's certain things that are less talked about and people will be like, dang, he put himself out like they're like, I feel like that, you know what I mean? I've felt like that. And then you, they can connect to me more. So that's why I try and do that. It's just like, as an artist, sometimes, you know, you're for the people, you kind of have to like sacrifice your own ego sometimes. So. That's what I do just to humanize myself. Um, and I just get in moods where I feel like, you know what I mean? Feel like drawing. Yeah, giving them a little bit more of a piece of you, right? Right. Um, but yeah, can you give like an example of uh, something that you're like open to talk about, but you've like kind of spat lyrics about it and it kind of really hit home for you? Um, Maybe like a I recently put out a... Yeah. I recently put out a freestyle where I was like talking about my daughter and like, um, you know, how I'm like raising her to, you know, it's like I've been raising my baby girl to be a strong woman in a crazy world. Be proud mm -hmm. of your melanin and the fact that your head curled. I've been coming to the brink, trying hard not to overthink. Like, you know, these are all things that people go with. And I'm just like sitting there like, man, like I want the best for her. She's comfortable, you know, she lives good, but you know, I just took yeah. her to Disneyland for her 10th birthday, but it's like, I saw that, I think, you know, yeah. we always want more of those champagne dreams and that get money mindset just, you know, it's just turned on always. Yeah, man, because now it's kind of like, 
the celebration era of your life, right? Where you've kind of like built the foundations. You're still going to build more foundations. Like, don't get it twisted. More songs are coming soon, guys. But yes, yeah, man, you kind of got to like now take the time that you have to uh, spend with the people who you love the most, right? Kind of thing. And I guess having a team kind of allows you to do that. So when in your career did you feel like you needed to develop that team? That would have been when I got back from LA and I was kind of like, in LA, I wasn't really fully like releasing music and I was yeah. kind of more soaking up game and like really working on my craft for those years that I was there. And then when I got back to Vancouver, I was like, okay, in Canada, we have a lot of grants and stuff like that. So I would get these grants written by these professional people and then mm. I would get the funding from the government and then the person who wrote the grant was nowhere to be found after that. And now I have this like marketing plan and these dollars. Yeah. I'm like, I need someone to help me execute this. You know what I mean? So I was telling my engineer, Jamie Coos, shout out my guy. Um, I was telling him that. And then he's like, oh, there's somebody down the hall that's working, um, you know, that's kind of like doing artist management and so on, so on and so forth. Uh, like in the studio complex, there was like okay, somebody, yeah. you know. So I ended up getting uh, introduced to her, you know, telling her my story, showing her all my stuff. And she's like, yeah, like, this is what I can do for you, you know? And that was kind of like my second, um, I like to say my second career, because that was kind of like when streaming and all that started. It was yeah, like, yeah, so I, now I had like before streaming. Videos. Yeah. Yeah, I had like before streaming was like a completely different story. And then when streaming started, it was almost like starting again, you know? And that yeah. was when I got, um, got with my management and stuff like that and we're still we still been rocking for like the last five years and in, in that time it's definitely uh been what you said like it's been helpful to have like somebody else that can kind of take the weight well i have to be with my daughter or, or whatever you know what i mean but it's definitely important to have a team to um you know be it able allows to, you to focus right? like you have to write right you have to put pen to paper for example right so right kind of helps to get some of the other areas taken care of, like maybe the music videos and stuff like that, coordinate it so that you can, you know, spend more time on the thing that you you were passionate from the get-go with. 100%, 100%, bro. But yeah, what would you say to, yeah, the up-and-coming rappers in the UK or e even in Vancouver who are trying to, like, make a name for themselves in this kind of streaming age? Like, what would your tips be as someone who's obviously, you know, kind of like a veteran now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so some stuff that I always, I always think about, like, what did I do wrong? What would I change? So some yeah, of those yeah, things yeah. are um, being consistent. Like, well, the iron's hot, keep striking, you know? In my career, um, I've, I've hit, like, lots of buzzes, lots of crazy buzzes, and then rode it for too long and, and not continued that upward thing. Just there's been personal issues. There's been, um, you know, maybe not having music ready that I liked or something like that. Yeah, so yeah, I would yeah. say... Just being Definitely. like a picky kind of thing. Yeah. Right, right. So when you hit those buzzes, like keep going. Those those are those are the times to double down. When you see something doing really well, yeah. double down on that. I had like a, a record, All Your Love. It went viral on like the Spotify Canada charts and stuff like that. I think it topped out around like 20 or something on the top 50. Yeah. But at that time, I was like, I was like, that's cool. Like I'm ready for the next thing. You know what I mean? not knowing what I know now about the music industry, which is like labels and that, they push these songs and albums for like a good year and stuff like yeah, that. And yeah. I, was, I was ready to move on to the next thing. 
but I would have doubled down on that and just, I would have put marketing dollars into it. I would have kept promoting it. I would have made sure that um, it got out there more. It still did a great job, but that was just a, a one thing that was like, okay, that was a massive opportunity that helped me, but it could have, it could have been a lot bigger had I have not moved on so quick from it. So one of my things I would say is double down when you have a piece of content or, or a song that's doing really well or yeah. that's done really well with TikTok now, it's like, if you have a song that like blew up for you or whatever, and you're just getting started on TikTok, you can repurpose a bunch of t uh, content for it. Like people already like it. You already know now you've done split testing. That's something I never used to understand, which was- Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's marketer talk. So like split testing, like, okay, this works. We're gonna double down on this. So I would just say, <laughs> keep an eye on your content, double down on the stuff that's working, stay consistent. And one thing about me as well as I've been lately is I've been investing more into like camera equipment and editing and stuff like that for all my day-to-day -day activities because because now you're really doing daily lives and uh, I see that I see that coming yeah through. It's, it's I'm editing all those and um it's really it's really crucial to be able to do that because I've spent thousands and thousands on other people um editing my things and it yeah. takes longer it, it hurts it hurts your pockets and then you don't really have the vision. Like when, when I have my, when I shoot, I know the vision for my, for my stuff already, you know? So I'm going to be able to kind of yeah. explain it better. I'm going to use the better cuts versus someone who's not me. They're just going to, oh, this looks okay. Whatever, whatever, you know, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. get to see all that footage that didn't make it in there. There was better it's not clips. personal to them. It's personal to you, right? So exactly. So, you know, you try and get more hands on with like your editing and your video and your content. If you're able to, you know, maybe record yourself in the beginning while you're still trying to get a budget. That's something that I wish that I had did instead of mm. spending thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands on somebody else's studio. I yeah. wish that maybe I had um, made my own studio and kind of monetized that because in a, I'm an artist in the city. Lots of people know me that are artists for, from around the city. I could have had, you know, my own studio, people coming yeah, in. Yeah, people me coming in and paying you for the studio time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So those are some key things that I've actually been thinking about a lot. Um, I think it's important, you know, to try and at least engineer yourself for the um, beginning. If you're at the very, very beginner stage, you'll, you'll get better with your practice and also it'll save you money. And it's important to be close to your vocals and your art because there's been a lot of times where I'm like, this engineer is not really showing me the love that I need on this track. If I, if I was more knowledgeable, I would be able to go in and sauce this up the way mm. it needs to be sauced up. You know what I mean? So it's important to, you know, really, um, that DYI, I think it's, it's, it's becoming trendy, but it's, it's really important because you can really refine your own brand. And, yeah. Cause yeah. then you're in charge of the different elements, right? Like I feel like you can, it's really hard to just be a rapper without being able to produce, I think. Mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. what I've seen from my friends like my friends who produce as well as rap they can get content out way faster they're releasing like you know five songs a year versus like way less than that kind of thing and I feel like you need to do right. way more than just five you know what I mean so especially in this day and age man um yeah well, 100% but yeah man what what do you want the people to know aside from like your music and stuff like that I know you used to do skateboarding you have skateboards behind you like was that kind of your persona before you started music, before 50 Cent came into your life? And <laughs> I kind of, um, when, I, when I first started, I was trying to do like the skate rap type thing. Um, I was trying to more appeal like to the skate audience and stuff like that. 
which I did for like a while because I was like a sponsored skateboarder. Like I was in a couple magazines and stuff like that, amateur skateboarding. But I was trying to do like both at that time. I was trying to be like, like my my goal when I first started was like, I'm going to be a skate rapper. I'm going to make it with my rapping. And then I'm also going to be like a pro skater and it's going to be like a double-edged sword type thing. But um, the music, I just started hitting, getting like way more headway, way quicker and like wasn't hurting myself and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, So I kind of just, I kind of ran with that. But um, yeah, when I first started, I was into skateboarding and um, I still am. I just, I just, now I'm just like super, super grind mode. So I don't get to go out as much, but I still have that like passion for it and respect for it. And I'm like on Instagram looking at all the, you know, all the sick clips people are putting up and whatnot. That shit must be nostalgic for you, man. So what you, you had a sponsor for skateboarding back in the day. How old, man? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I maybe got sponsored when I was like 14, 13, 14, I feel like. My first sponsor was this board company um, called Capital Skateboards. They're no longer around, but after that, yeah. I got sponsored by my local skate shop, 133. We'd go to skate contests, all that. At this time, I was like writing, but no one, no one knew, you know? It was only, you know, my uh, senior year where I kind of actually started recording and trying to think maybe this is what I wanted to do. Okay, but you were writing from beforehand, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. No, let's let's take a little trip to the past then. Let, let's talk let's about go, like, your your time writing without uh, releasing. Why do you think you kind of uh, held back on the trigger back then? Like, were you like coming into yourself or were you just like... Back was- then, bro, it wasn't like technology wasn't as like prevalent as it was now to where like you could just everybody had studios and shit like that. I was in a smaller town, so it was like, yeah, um, not everybody had studio. It was the access at that point. I, I probably would have went to the studio, but it was the access. Like I knew nobody. Nobody I knew did music. You know, um, I had in my head like, oh, I want to be a big rapper and stuff like that. But I was honestly just starting to figure out how to flow and how to write stuff. So, yeah, it was very premature at that time anyways but um in god's time and everything kind of well, like, maybe that's still like hello audacious for you to even think that you could be a rapper in those kind of situations man so where do you get this audacity from like i think everyone needs a little bit of that so right right and i know I you really probably talk- attributed to like prayers and stuff you're probably religious right as well To a certain extent, yeah, I'm not like going to church every weekend, but I believe in a higher power, God in the universe. And I definitely, I do pray every night with my daughter and, you know, express gratitude to, um, you know, the higher power. And, um, but as far as like my my audacity, like I don't even know, man. Like I was just blessed with it. Like I've always just wanted to, to, to do something. Like I said, I had a paper route at a super young age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wanted to get some money, just always wanted to, to do to do cool things you know and um i really wanted to you know try the try the rapping shit it was 50 cent who pretty much changed that like you know i listened to hip-hop but never even thought of being a rapper but i swear to god next day after he dropped get richard die trying or the next day after i heard it yeah i had a green duotang i was right in there having a little rap name and everything but it wasn't for maybe three four years after that so i recorded my first what was um, the rap name back then man Bro, my first rap, you're getting all the exclusives. I love it. Um, the my first rap name ever, 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 ever was um Expertise. Expert. Hilarious. 
like expertise. So expert, oh, expertise. Like expert, okay, okay, I see. Expert dash T. Yeah, Because okay. at the time there was this Bay Area rapper that I really, really liked. I still like. He's an OG. I still like him. Um, his name was Rappin Forte. So okay. it's like that was its forte, and I was like kind of basing it off that. Like, okay, expert. My name's Terrell. Expertise. Yeah, so yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> No, that's different, man. Um, I guess I should ask this question because obviously you've worked with Tory Lanez and you worked with the game. So how are they both as people? Um, the game is, I mean, um the game you is know what it says too, man. Yeah, like the game is super uh like super humble, like good good people, you know what I mean? I actually had like one of his old, old demo tapes, like a yeah. crazy like demo tape before he was ever signed to Dre like basically one of the demo tapes that got Dre's attention and yeah. I found it somewhere and, and bought it and when um my manager or sorry my like assistant I had an assistant that was like um I, I know somebody in LA that's working closely with the game like let's see what we can do or whatever so when we were yeah. in, um when we were kind of setting up the player or whatever I was like yo check this out you know and he was like yo I don't even have one of these and yada 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 and he was yeah. just like cool about the whole situation and like for someone to be that massive and like you know really actually like step down for a minute to mess with someone like me is like super cool especially because like I used to sit in my mom's basement and literally pretend that I was in G-Unit like that would be yeah, my yeah. writing perspective like I was writing like I was with them like beside me type thing that was just how I found yeah, creation like you were kicking it with the Henny boys with them and stuff like that yeah, yeah bro and and I like to think that 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 intense focus and manifestation and thinking that I was doing manifested into the song we did. Being today. in that room, yeah. So I literally had bars where I'm like, I'm with Buck and Game and Lloyd Bank. Like it's hilarious. Yeah. Like it's comical to think about yeah. those rhymes. But now it's like, damn, you know. Made it happen. And you did a part one and a part two, right? So they could obviously listen to that. Come to the part, right? right? Yes, sir. Uh, what about Tory Lanez, man? Because you probably get um, the comparison a lot, right? He kind of has the same acoustic tone as you do when you get into the singing vibe, right? So, right, Tory Lanez, we actually did that song in 2015. So we we was it 2015? 2017, sorry. Um, so we we did the record like two years before it actually came out. But same yeah. thing, like he was in town um, with Migos and Future on tour, and. Um, my big homies is uh homies with him and his brother so i was able to kind of just put the play together like that but i didn't get to do my vocals with him he he basically was like oh, i was like this is the beat you know he basically did his thing and then after i kind of like put it together because yeah. the recording situation wasn't like i could just record my stuff right there and also i wanted time to really put something together that was going to be yeah yeah because you got a decent feature on that right so you want to like right Make and it's it my work. biggest song to date. It's got like, I think it's including Apple and iTunes. It's got close to a million. So it's my biggest song. And I knew that. So I, I wanted to take it home, sit with it. We actually ended up reproducing parts of it and stuff like that. But hmm. both both were cool. I would say game, like, like they're both crazy artists and I listen to both their music. But working with the game was definitely like a dope experience. You know what I mean? Something yeah. I'll never, uh, never forget. I mean that was more nostalgic for you, man. You were imagining that you were there, right? So it's it's uh yeah. it's a bit different than obviously Tory Lanez who came up like probably way more recently. Uh, right, right, right. Especially right. Um right. 
I don't have any more questions, but you had some questions from uh, Instagram and that. I know you said there wasn't like that many, but people just wanted to know what's coming, what's on the way, you know. Yeah, tell them um, what's on the way, man. I got some big features on the way. I don't know when this uh, podcast is going to be releasing, but just know I got a couple, a uh, couple more big ones. Some dope artists I'm working with. Your best uh, like one is from the. So probably like mid July we'll release it. So. Uh, first one will come August. First big one will come August. I have a, I have a couple uh, records coming in June, actually this week, July. Then we're getting into some some big features. We're gonna turn it up for the oh, end. Can of you give them a clue or anything, man? You got any clues, then? any clues on the features or not? You can't say you can't. Uh, yeah, I mean, one of, one of them um, is from Vancouver, and he's a super big artist from the city. So, I mean, there's only a few artists from the city that are super big. So, I mean, we'll leave it at that. It's definitely I, one that's long overdue, and I can't wait to release it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just stay tuned because yeah. we're about to turn it up once more again. And that's kind of what I was talking about when I hit these buzzes. I'm going to keep on going now. So Yeah, man, you're going to put the foot in the gas now, man. You're gonna yeah, get I'm more not. tour dates, right? You're gonna get more tour dates out there and shit. You gonna come to London, bro. Like, what's going on? I'd love to. I'd love to come back, actually. I went I went over there actually. Oh, have you? Have I you did, performed there? Shit. I performed at uh Jazz Cafe, Camden Town. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah, with Onyx back back in the day, like like bringing it back again to the black, red, yellow thing. After yeah. that, like I had that leverage, right, that you were talking about. So yeah. I was able to leverage that to a UK tour with um, Onyx, excuse me. And um, I did a few dates with them and also a music conference in uh, Rotterdam. But yeah, we played at, in London town, Cam Camden town, uh, Jazz yeah. Cafe. It was definitely like, it was one of the doper nights on the tour for sure. Yeah, man. But like, I swear you've done a, you've done a stadium before as well, right? Like, I guess let's talk about this for a second. How was, yes. With the Vancouver Canucks at Rogers Arena. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the stadium here in Vancouver. Um, okay. So while we're on that black, red, yellow topic, basically, you know, they... Oh, was um, that then as well? Bringing... You said what? Was that then as well with the black, red, yellow thing? Yeah, yeah. So it was it was the black, red, yellow thing that led to the stadium with the Canucks. Um, I just know that was pretty recent, I thought I saw that recently. Yeah, yeah, but I, I did it back then, but then okay. the song became relevant because those black, red, yellow jerseys, they scrapped those. They didn't use those for a long, long time. I, my song was just kind of like a like a tribute to those jerseys. And okay. then after all these years, they're like, let's bring them back. And then when they brought those jerseys back, that's when they reached out to me, which was just like two years ago. Even okay. though the remix was like 10 years ago, you know what I mean? They just reached out two years ago and they're like, okay, hey, see, we're bringing man. the jerseys back. We want you to come. So I'm like, hey, yes, it is. I well, now we know why you believe in the higher power and all of that, man, because shit comes around, man, especially when you are putting the foot on the gas, like you say, right? It's that combination. Right, um, right, 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 100%. So yeah, man, uh, hopefully I can uh, shoot some decent UK collaborations over your way. Take a look at it. Yeah, Don't give no one no promises, but obviously uh, it'll be good to see you work with some UK artists and that. Um, so bro, anything your way, or some some producers your way as well. Uh, and yeah, man, we're just trying to build a network over here. So who knows, man? Hopefully we'll we'll do something together soon, man. But yeah, looking forward to seeing you in London soon. Yeah. 
Yes, sir. Yeah, man, I'll definitely reach out when I make it over there. Um, I'm actually applying to a bunch of festivals like right now for this year and next year. So that's kind of my focus, too. And a lot of them are over there. And yeah, so, yeah, I'm hopefully hopefully make it over there soon. If you got any dope artists that, you know, we need to collab with on this side, let me know. Just saw Drake. Drake uh, did a collab with Jay Huss. So yeah, yeah, I'm definitely yeah. down for that, you know, that overseas collab, man. So the combination you know, yeah. to work with. Yeah, no, I'll, obviously I'll try and shoot you people who are around like your level, like at least coming up to your level kind of thing. Um, right, appreciate you, bro. But yeah, man, uh, take it easy. Any final things you want to say to the people? Follow stay consistent. Yeah. Stay consistent, stay grinding. Make sure y'all follow me on social media at Terrell Safety. Hopefully we can put a little thing. Yeah, no, um, yeah. But yeah, stay consistent, stay hungry. Um, and move and move good man just move good have a heart you know yeah, yeah and support yeah. support people on the come up you know support killy podcast support terrell safety i appreciate y'all for having me i right, love man thanks for coming on take care appreciate you bro